we're live. Rumor. I think that's the rumor. I think we're live. Do you Are feel you live? live? I'm live. I, I, I think. I feel. I feel like I'm here. I feel something. I I can't quite tell. Oh, now I see that there are faces and they are ours and they are on the thing. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> Some proof of life. Hi. Hi, I'm Adrienne Gunn. And that Hi. waving friend on the other, wherever you see him, that is my friend. Do you want to say your name? Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, what's my line? <laughs> no. Uh, my, <laughs> my name is Nicholas Rave. Yes. And welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast. Yes, that is what we're here doing. We're excited to be here. We have been thinking about this particular show at least for the last hour and a couple of months. <laughs> I was going to say years, but sure, yes, yeah, at least yeah. for the last hour. <laughs> and we pushed all of the buttons to get us here to you right now, whenever your now is. Yeah. And the truth is, I've been so excited about this idea that I've honestly been pushing it down my list of priorities for years now yeah. because I kept thinking, no, that's too much fun. You got to focus on this other stuff. Yeah. And then somehow, I think you inspired it that it like clicked with me that I was like, wait, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe the thing you think is really fun and fulfilling and exciting, maybe you should start doing that now. So yeah, I keep, I keep returning to the idea that that life moves a lot better for me when I prioritize the way in which I am playful and um, take playfulness seriously. When I take my life too seriously, things get clogged and stiff. But when I, when I take playfulness seriously, like a podcast that's that's about movies and TV, and it is, but also this other stuff, that and that it's fun may actually mean that that's what we're gonna have the most uh, success with. Maybe I don't know. Predictive. So you want to open this and you want to say what we're doing here? Yes. So Nicholas and I, we're both professional development people. We, we help clients change and shift their lives. And we could tell you a bit more about that. And I think that if you're watching this right now, that maybe you too are inspired by empowering yourself, by changing and growing, and maybe spiritual growth, psychological development, these sorts of things. So maybe you have goals and ideas that, oh, here's this gratitude notebook. I'm going to start this other process, or I'm going to have this deep, wonderful conversation, or I, I'm, I'm, I'm percolating. I'm trying to figure out this new business idea. And maybe you know that you have that work to do, but then you find yourself sitting on your couch and watching TV or a movie instead. Has that ever happened? That's happens to me all of the time. A lot. <laughs> so what if I told you that Actually, your next breakthrough, creative idea, personal internal shift will happen by watching movies and TV. The promise of in the Enlightened Couch Potato podcast is that we want to show you how you can make the time that you spend watching movies and TV into some of the most productive time that you spend doing anything in your life. What if watching movies and TV could become 
as valuable as meditation, as valuable as doing affirmations or self-hypnosis, as valuable as doing therapy, Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it could become a, a literal spiritual practice where we can show you how you can open yourself up to the stories that your intuition is drawing you to and let them in and let them transform you and answer the questions that you have about what's going on in your life to have literal breakthroughs? Yes. And so you can turn the moments that you're really good at like ugly crying or cheering or yelling at your television <laughs> into something useful for your life. And oh, the best part, the promise of our podcast is that you get to have guilt fucking free television and movie watching. I am going to set down the microphone slowly and put it back into its mic clip as you should. <laughs> You're not going to drop the mic. There's no, there's no dropping microphones. No. One of the many things that Adrienne does is she's a sound engineer. <laughs> and so she knows you never drop the mic, people. No, 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 no. That's a no. good way to make the sound engineer really mad at you. Yeah, but you do authoritatively put the microphone back where it goes because you said some shit. That was good. <laughs> so we are self-proclaimed personal development junkies. Yes. Um, we live, eat, and breathe how to make your life better. And professionally, we help other people do that. We've been in this business for a very long time. Uh, Adrienne refers to herself as a breakthrough specialist. Um, I have been teaching various uh, transformational techniques for over a decade now, NLP is kind of my uh, NLP and hypnosis are kind of like my wheelhouse. Um, one of the things that we've discovered in this journey of opening up to the idea that movies and TV can be transformational is that the number one thing that prevents that from happening for people is guilt. Yes. That it's literally the thought, I should be doing something else right now that is almost like a kink in the hose that prevents you from allowing yourself to fully surrender. Movies and TV are like psychedelic experiences. They are, human beings have been telling stories for as long as we've had language. Why? Because they matter. Uh, I have a stack of books here that I'm going to reference very briefly at some point in this talk that are, that have all led to our understanding of how, uh, how powerful these tools can be. Yeah. Um, And storytelling and stories are in our DNA. They're how we learn to become people. mm -hmm. The millennia of humans telling stories, even before we had specific language, we would tell movement plays. Yeah to entertain and shift and change. And what's fun is movies and television are those stories on crack steroids. Uh, yeah. Some heightened <laughs> cocaine drug. Big, <laughs> we big. live in a 
we live in a golden age of storytelling right now. And it's only going to get more so with like, they call it the streaming wars right now with like Disney plus and Apple and like all these different places are making their own content. And the problem is a lot of it's great. So it's like, there's too much to watch. And most people spend a lot of time and a hundred percent of that time They feel guilty about it. Most people are sitting there with at least some percentage of their unconscious mind going like, you should be doing something else. This is a waste of your time. Well, and we know that it's powerful already because you've, I mean, we've all been there where we we're sitting in a movie theater and we, we drop into the story and we completely forget that we're in a box in the middle of the suburbs surrounded by strangers uh, eating food and so, like you're so into it. We know that we've had those moments where we're sitting on the couch and we like suddenly leap up and cheer. We know that people utilize this stuff to propagandize, to sell like philosophies, to sell freaking iPhones. TV is that powerful. And what we're saying is that we're going to teach you how you can take that power back and use it for yourself. Amen. Hallelujah, Adrienne. This is apparently the dance. Movies are the most powerful brainwashing device that that human beings have ever created. We perfected the art. I love this theory that movies and TV are effectively like externalized dreams. Mm, that yes. they, they, they operate on the same software in your brain that dreams do. Because like you're in a dream and then something's happening, you're having a conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden, poof, you're in another place. Or, yes. or you're a different person. You're talking to a different person. That's exactly how movies and TV work, where the scene ends and, and your brain goes, oh, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're in this other scene and in this other spot. And you can have multiple storylines going at the same time. See, here's the thing. I don't, I know a lot of people are like, Movies and TV are brainwashing. Therefore, you shouldn't open up to them. You can control that. You can take charge of what you're letting in and what your unconscious is going, oh, no, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to listen to that part. But, oh, this is super valuable. Some people, the only place they allow themselves to feel moved in their entire life is when they're watching movies. Absolutely. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are like that. There were years that I would only only cry. I wouldn't cry about anything going on in my life. I would only cry. Technically, uh, I have a a musical trigger. I don't know that I like musicals. I probably don't. But I will cry at musicals. They don't earn it. I will cry in sports (laughs) movies. They don't earn it. They don't earn it, usually. I'm already sobbing before they sing. And they might be terrible, and I'm still sobbing. So musicals, sports movies, like like when they're playing catch with the dad or any like sports <laughs> game at the end of the movie. That's for like a decade and a half. That was the only time I would cry or if like an animal got hurt. That yeah. was, those were the only times that I would let myself like express emotions. Those ones. Do you know what a four four quadrant movie is? No, I don't think I do. So four quadrant movie means it's for men and women and uh, adults and children. I think that's what it means. So Pixar movies right. are four quadrant movies because they're they're meant for kids, but they're not meant for kids. Like Up is not a, that's a four quadrant movie. It's There's so much stuff in it that's speaking to adults. Four quadrant movies, the ones like, like uh, uh, Moana is oh. one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. 
song ever. Um, yeah, uh, Kubo and the and the uh, two strings. Um, uh, Coco uh, uh, up. Um, there's all these movies that are intended for kids, and they just break me open. Yeah, and that is something that I used to feel weird about. And over the years of practicing this, I have found that we all need that release. Yeah. That letting those, something that can make you feel something, your unconscious mind is trying to tell you something. There's a message in there. There's a secret in there. There's a treasure in there. There's an opportunity to heal and transform. And the feeling that you have even the feeling that draws you to what you're watching is a sign and a signal from a wisdom inside of you that you would be wise to follow and listen to it. I'm going to rewind you back. <laughs> Did I go too far? To, no. <laughs> so I got to close my premise, window. Keep talking. The premise that he's talking about. Did you hear him say feel a lot? It turns out. I don't know if you've heard this before. It's important to feel, period, <laughs> your emotions. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. I realized this recently enough, three or four years. Apparently, emotions are important. Yeah. And feeling, actually feeling them is actually part of what they're there to do for you. They actually are like they're they're enticing in all of their different directions for reasons. Yeah. That's We're not the, supposed to be robots, you mean? You mean you mean the no. pinnacle of human achievement is not Spock? Mm, <laughs> you're, I, you're not supposed to be a robot not. that doesn't feel anything? <laughs> huh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, here's what's great. We have been trained. Here's how I like to explain, because you were saying NLP and hypnosis. We're both trained in NLP and hypnosis and other techniques. I like to explain it like this. We've all known people or heard stories about people who had uh, accident, car accident, fall off a mountain, cancer diagnosis, someone dies in the family. And then suddenly their priorities and personality have shifted almost instantaneously. So brilliant people, engineer brains back in the seventies at one of the peaks of psychoanalysis and such psychology, they looked at these situations and they were like, wait a second, we know that people change almost instantaneously. We know that it happens, but how? How the heck does that happen? And how can we do it more specifically, like in a more focused way without having to nearly die? So what I'm saying is Nicholas and I are trained in techniques, whether you understand how they work or not, the concepts that we're trained in help people shift their lives instantaneously and massively in ways where they don't have to nearly die. That was beautifully put. When we both... <laughs> found ourselves at some point on some couch in some city having ourselves feel changed we were able to put the pieces together and like wait fuck this is just like any of the techniques that we do yeah if you can begin watching in a particular way which yeah. we won't tell you how to do right now today but we're going to throughout the process of our talking that's after. called a teaser <laughs> yes what is the promise of the show? We're going to show you how you can utilize and let television and movies be your tool to shift your life. And I think I'll, I'll, drop, I'll drop a little hint. When Nicholas was talking about dreams and how they work, if you've studied dream work, yes. 
this is going to be quite easy for you. I'm glad that you said it, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, you. We were going to tell people about some stuff. So I told some people. I did the shortened version of what we're trained in doing. Do you know we never said the tagline of the show? <laughs> so the show is called The Enlightened Couch Potato, and the tagline is How to Watch Movies and TV for Maximum Psychological and Spiritual Development, or yes. for short, How would the gift no, I thought it was uh, how to with giving up. I've got it written down. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, try it again. Okay, wait, wait. You say it again. How to watch TVs and movies? How to watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development? Or how to wuma tuvum paused? Good, that's better. You're right. Yeah. That's better. You get T-shirts that say "Ask me how to wuma." Ask me how to wuma good cast. <laughs> yes. I also like our, our, our other TV, uh, taking TV way too seriously. Yeah. Taking movies and TV way too seriously. So that's one of the things, just so you know, what is this going to look like? So we're going to talk in some of our later episodes, we're going to talk about how to do this. And we're going to give away most of this information just like in the podcast. So if you listen, you're going to learn all the techniques. If you keep tuning back in, we're going to teach you how to put yourself into the right kind of trance, the right kind of open mindset so that you can let the movie hypnotize you so that you can say like to the filmmaker and to the voice behind the movie. Like I always think of it as like, there's certain filmmakers that when the movie starts immediately, I'm like, take me on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you contrast this with other movies where have you ever seen a movie where in the first five minutes, you're just like, I don't buy it. Like I don't buy the premise. Yes. And then you sit there with your guard up the yep. entire movie. You cannot be critical. You cannot be judgmental. You cannot be analyzing something at the same time that you are allowing it to transform you, that you're allowing it to influence you. It's weird. It's weird. It's as if every time I'm like, I don't like that person's face. I don't seem to enjoy the movie very much. And yeah. I want to tell you, <laughs> I have disliked a many people's faces. <laughs> when they would say the things in the movie and I'm like, mm. no. This is this is one of the reasons why <laughs> I try not to watch a lot of, um, I used to follow movie news so much, but now I've come to the point where um, I, I found that knowing what the general public thinks of a movie before I go into it distorts my perspective of the oh, movie yeah. so much I can't, actually form an opinion on it very easily. So I don't watch trailers for movies I know I'm going to watch anyway. That's smart. Because I don't yeah. want to know anything about it. I want to go in and I want to just have the experience um, and form my own opinion and then find out what other people think about it. Yeah. And this state that you drop into that allows you to say yes to whatever is happening, that practice will... So what I, what I love saying when I've been telling my friends about this concept for this show is that we're going to teach you how to, how to drop in to the state where, where TV can become this profound tool for shifting your life. And you're going to like more, you're going to be more able to enjoy the thing you already love. It's going yeah. to increase the capacity. And it also will increase your ability to stay into conversations with people you may or may not like. It'll help you at concerts to, to more appreciate whatever's going on. I mean, this, like... I, I it makes sex I better. It, sex is going to be better. Also, you may your belief about what's happening in traffic 
your ability to enjoy traffic gets better because traffic is fucking fascinating. There's plenty happening there that you can learn from. You know how many fucking metaphors I've had to shift my life by being trapped on a bridge in the middle of rush hour? Well, this is not how to enjoy traffic for maximum psychological and spiritual development. That but is a I side understand. <laughs> yeah. So side there's a thing include. there's a thing in hypnosis we call the critical faculty. And it's it's literally like a part of your brain that you can either have on or off. And there's nothing wrong with the critical faculty. It's just that most people never turn it off. Yes. Almost never. And and even if they turn it off some of the way, they don't turn it off all the way. And there's something profound about learning how to um, to really surrender and open up and let something in uh, and feel safe doing that and feel safe that you can surrender, not necessarily to the movie, but to your own unconscious mind, which is the thing that's going to guide you where you want to go. It's the part now, that it, makes the changes. Yeah. In Whoa. addition, oh, can I, one more I was, point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In addition to the how to, because that's one of the theories we're going to talk about and the practices and techniques. The other thing that we're going to do in a lot of this podcast is we're just going to geek out about movies and TV that we love. Yeah. That is affecting us right now, because that's actually one of the ways that you can maximize the value that you're getting from watching movies and TV is like, think about it, talk about it, analyze it, overanalyze it, go deep into it and figure out what are you taking from this that the filmmakers probably never even intended. They didn't put that in there on purpose, but it's like you can have these moments where you're watching a, a TV show or a, a movie and all of a sudden one line pops out that feels like the goddamn universe is speaking directly to you through this movie. Yeah. And it's, I've got chills on the back of my neck right now thinking about all the times that I've had that happen. Yes. I love it when the character I like the least is the <laughs> one that says the thing. Cause I'm, I'm like, yeah, I love it. Oh, this person's on. I don't care. Just gonna zone out. And then they say this, and I'm like shivering, and my life is different. I'm like, I, I, can I still hate the character? Okay, okay. Thank you, asshole. <laughs> that's, that's sometimes how uh, TV watching from from my couch. Uh, seems, hey, do you want to tell them? Do you remember one of the moments when you, when you were like, oh, oh man, this is, this is. You want me to go stuff. first? I'll go well, first. I, I remember, I remember. So I started getting obsessed about Marvel movies, superhero movies, and I got obsessed about the 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 more supernatural powered beings movies at a particular point in my life, and it's recent. I mean, I've always loved TV. I'm saying part of the reason why we can be experts on this is that, um, do you know the difference between crap ton, shit ton, fuck ton? I've watched a fuck ton of television and movies. <laughs> is if that there's the biggest anything one? <laughs> that I have 10,000 times 40 yeah. hours of investment in, this, this is the thing. Yeah. So I was getting training in hypnosis and NLP. And I was also quite ill 
I'd been very, very sick for six months, uh, exhausted. I think I had adrenal fatigue, but I didn't know it at the moment. And I watched, um, I remember getting inspired by Avengers the like year before, whenever it came out. But then I watched Iron Man 3, which comes out, it came out right after the Avengers. It was only a couple of months later. And uh, I don't know if you know where this sets us. So in the in the Marvel stories. That's the one where Tony has PTSD, right? Exactly. Tony has PTSD. And so I'm watching this movie where Tony Stark, who is one of the biggest badasses of creativity and science and power, like he... He's kind of got, he's got his shit together usually, right? Billionaire, uh, genius, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> thank you. That is, that is its title. So Tony Stark, who is supposed to be a badass, is, is not on his game. He's having some hard times. He's not totally with it. And when I watched that movie, I think this is one of the most underrated Marvel movies in the, the in the like Avengers 12 oh, year I journey. love number three. It's so good. I think it's one of the best movies because it's about why failing forward fast is important. It's about how mm-hmm. when you don't feel at your best, you still have value and worth. And he was no less Tony fucking Stark in that movie. And for me, I, I found myself like shivering and sobbing with this like scene after scene example that while I felt at that moment, like I wasn't at my best and I wasn't sure what value I could bring because I was so tired and sick. And like, I had all of these beliefs and ideas of what it meant to like really be making it and living a life. Mm-hmm. And that movie broke apart and broke open my idea of what was possible for me and what my superpowers were actually what they actually were, if that makes any sense. Can you give a specific scene that like stood out to you? Well, I don't know if I can without ruining because a lot of people haven't actually seen that movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, so, so here's what I can say. It could be obvious that for, for Iron Man to exist, the, the flying you know, machine that he flies around in, he had to have had many iterations to have become that stellar flying powerful thing that can like, you know, carry Mm. nuclear weapons into space. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so what was really powerful for me was seeing all of his failures Mm. throughout the movie, even, even having just like one glove of the thing and just finding a way, continually finding a way, because Mm. even though he was, he was not able to count on his mental capacity in the ways that he had in the past. Every freaking scene builds on grab what you can and use it. Grab what you can yeah. and use it. Keep moving forward. That kind of idea, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I don't want to like. You don't have to the, give more detail. I get it. You don't want to spoil it. It's the ending that really solidified it for me. So I didn't know what story you were going to tell. Mine is also about a superhero. So we should probably take a brief moment here to talk about like one of the reasons I'm not, I didn't come up with this theory, by the way, but one of the reasons I think we are going through this superhero comic book renaissance right now. And if you're watching this and you're like, oh my God, superheroes. Well, (laughs) first of all, we're probably going to talk about superheroes a lot. So maybe this isn't for you. Um, But on the other hand, I would, I would encourage you to, give it a second shot because I think that superheroes are 
far more deep and profound than most people think, in spite of what Martin Scorsese will say. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the, the theory that I heard that I think is so profound is that superheroes are the modern equivalent of the gods in the Greek pantheon or in, in Roman times. They would tell Lord these God. stories about, um, about characters that were ramped up to 11. And they were like, like often they were fairly black and white, like literally Mars is the God of war, right? Like that's what he does. That's all he does. He's one thing. And there's all the like mythic components of what that, what that means and how those archetypes are, are relevant. Um, but there's, to me, when I think about superhero movies, it's just about taking certain characteristics and attributes of your protagonist or your villains or whatever, and turning the dial up. And by doing that, it, it raises the energy. It raises the stakes. It's different when this person is bulletproof, literally, or all the, well, then they don't have to worry about the common considerations that you do. So you can boil things down to like pure, uh, philosophical questions. Right. Uh, and I think there's a reason why people, I, I don't think everybody who loves superhero movies is like some people have said, uh, uh, trying to recapture their childhood. I, I think it's deeper than that. There's more yeah. going on. They are sophisticated in a way that, um, that most people don't give them credit. Well, we had like most cultures had mythology about powered people, about the, yeah. the weather whatever animal or God was the weather God or whoever yeah. was, you know, like deities in Norse, Norse mythology. And like, yeah, there's all over all of the different places where, where, where gods or powered spirit beings existed. Yeah. They've been telling stories about that since they could make sounds with faces. Face well, by the way, this is not a podcast about superhero movies. No. Um, however, that was a pretty good example of how we're going to take movies and TV way too freaking seriously. It's like we're going to make parallels and analogies between Marvel movies and the Greek pantheon and um, these old ancient stories. Okay, so I'll tell you mine. Okay. Um, the reason why this one came to my mind when, when we were thinking about what story to relate personally was that this happened right after I started intentionally um, utilizing the stuff that we're going to be teaching in this podcast. It was, it was when I was like, okay, I think this works. I think this is a real thing. So I'm going to try this and I'm going to intentionally open up and let this move me. So I was watching the first season of the Netflix Daredevil series. Daredevil is a, a comic book superhero who is blind, um, but he also has heightened senses and um, he's a bit of a ninja at the yes. same time. Mad skills. So <clears throat> I don't remember what episode it was, but it was, a, it was an episode where um, they were having flashbacks between what was happening now and his childhood when after he had gone blind and when he was like learning how to um, get back up after he fell. And there was this one scene where for the first time in the series, Daredevil was kind of getting his ass kicked. He was fighting this, uh, this, this kind of assassin dude who was really well-trained and he was kicking his butt and it's in the rain. And um, there's this shot 
where he he gets kicked he hits the ground it's in on the pavement and there's rain everywhere and there's like blood coming out of his mouth and you hear i think the the voice of his father saying get up get up yeah get back up and even right now it gets to me that i felt the best way to describe i i didn't know any of this was going on at the time but looking back on it, it was like I felt the weight of the hero, of this desire to save and protect, and um, that he was like, no matter what, you get back up. You keep on fighting. Yeah. And I paused the, the show in, in that scene, didn't even finish it. And I went into the bedroom. It, incidentally, this was also around the time that I was really in depth studying something called bioenergetic psychology and uh, about the idea that emotions are energies in your body that you need to let out. So I went in, in, the, in the bedroom and I beat the absolute living fuck out of my bed. I just started fucking pummeling the pillows and strangling them and letting all this stuff out. And like all these images of like someone trying to hurt my children were like coming up and all this stuff. And I was like biting things and like growling and screaming and like pounding my chest. And it all came out of this scene. And it was like, it felt like this is stuff that has been trapped inside of me for decades, maybe my entire life, that ever since I was a little kid and I was wiggling and they said, sit still, quit wiggling, be quiet. You're being too noisy. And all that stuff just built up and built up and built up. And in this moment, I gave myself permission to let it out. And afterwards, I just was like covered in tears and sweat and sobbing and breathing heavy. And my heart was pounding and I came out of that experience a completely different person. And it was just a scene in a fucking silly superhero TV show. <laughs> yes. I want to, for the sake of ecology and integrity, I want to say that, yes, those are the ways that you could engage and allow t television to shift you. And because you specifically had been studying all of that body of work, you knew how to allow that to be a safe thing to do. What, you think I, 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 did I about, scare people I with to, that story? I have to talk about the fact that you like <laughs> showed this beautiful extreme situation where if someone wasn't specifically trained <laughs> in psychology and they thought that they could go Fine, Adrian. a deep and high level catharsis yes. technique yes, you're with very their right. bed and because there are humans. Yes. And I... I've had some moments of this some couple decades ago. There are humans who think that pummeling things and breaking stuff. I, we're saying that potentially there is a healthy way to scream and pummel and, and do stuff that allows things to go out with specific training. <laughs> it's different. There's a difference. Yeah. Catharsis can't without, without the right support and, and, uh, and knowledge about what's happening you could potentially make something worse. I'm just going to say that for the sake of ecology. Well, and that's some of the stuff that we want to teach in this podcast is that the point is not to go and have the experience that I had. 
The point is I'm telling you, this is what I needed in that moment. And, and the point we're trying to make is that your unconscious mind is guiding you in whispering to you all the time. And that the movies and TV that you are drawn to, the stories that you're drawn to, uh, there's something in them that if you surrender to it, it will give you what you're looking for. It will give you what you most need. And it might be similar to what I went through. It sure. might be nothing like that. I can tell you so much. I'm not going to, but at some point I will. <laughs> I can tell you so many other stories and examples of healing transformations that didn't look anything like that. Yeah. Like I remember one time, very briefly, I watched a scary movie, which I'll tell this story in more detail, but I watched this scary movie and I was all alone. It was the middle of the night. It was like 1.30 in the morning. I'm in my living room and I was, it was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And I turned the thing off and I'm like trusting this voice inside. I turned it off and I remember seeing the shadows in the room start to move. Like I was full on hallucinating. And there was a voice in my head that kept whispering, you don't have to be afraid of fear. You don't have to be afraid of fear. And I just sat there and I let the fear wash over me. And I just paid attention to what does fear feel like? Yeah. And it was so transformative and healing. And all I did was hold very still in that experience. So again, I'm not, I'm saying you can find the transformation, the insight, the healing, the expression the missing treasure, the key to unlock that treasure that's personal to you in your movies and TV. And there may be people who watch this podcast who every time I say a movie that I love, they're like, oh my God, I hate his taste <laughs> in movies. Yeah. Fine. Then go watch your own. But the right. point is like surrender to these things. There's value in it. So we're going to teach how this surrender works. We're going to talk about how we've utilized this stuff and in, in, in what we're watching and how what we're getting out of it. I what else we're we going to talk about? We're just, there there are specific steps. There are specific steps. There are like micro things that you'll need to know to allow this to be easier. And we'll just trickle those out. We'll trickle those out over some time. Yeah. The basic process is fairly simple. The main thing that we're going to do to keep this podcast running is just geek out about stuff that we love because that is the way that we're going to model for you how to do this for yourself is we're going to say, okay, Adrienne, what did you watch this week? And you're going to say, oh, I watched these things and here's what I got out of it. I've already found myself sucking more value out of what I'm watching just in anticipation of this podcast. Yes. I, since you asked, since you modeled and asked, <laughs> tonight I am watching the last two episodes of The Good Place. Oh, it, oh right, the new season's out. I haven't seen it at all. Yes. I am so excited and preemptively sad and really thrilled to have been a part of this, like the good place process. Yeah. I am shocked yeah. that that no one had made an afterlife fucking sitcom before. Like that's the thing. The, after the first season, I'm like, what? This is magic and wonderful. And how did this not already exist? I'm glad yeah. it exists. I'm a little sad because I, I, I anticipate not knowing where I'm going to go for my playful deepness. Yeah. You yeah. know, because there's and I have, positive. Like there's something so 
I was talking to my girlfriend about this, that we were kind of complaining about all the Star Trek now that none of the Star Trek is actually Star Trek because it's all bleak and like dystopian and real Star Trek is utopian. It's about uh, like a, a positive future. And she mentioned that the only thing she can think of that has that is the good place. And I'm like, oh my God, you're totally right. Yeah. The good place is that like positive worldview. And it's, oh my God, I love that show. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want, if, if, if you watching, I want you to tell us what you're watching or what you would love for us to talk about. If there, if there are shows that you love and you're like, Oh, I want to know what they think about it. I, are you, are we watching any of the same things? Should we you give ourselves me? like homework of watching something or do we have, do we have things we have on? I don't think you're watching about? Bojack Horseman, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but it's been uh, yeah, yeah. That's, it's times. pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> There's also that one, the, the kids, the show with the kids and it's sexuality and a thing. It's a Netflix cartoon. Oh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Holy crap. You got to watch it. It's so good. Okay. So this Big Mouth is great. The other thing we're doing right now is uh, my girlfriend introduced me. I'm way behind the times to 30 Rock. Oh, so we're all watching 30 Rock one episode at a time going through it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this show is brilliant. Yeah, um, I love it. I, I'm so behind. I, I did not know Alec Baldwin was fucking hilarious i always oh, thought of him as a dramatic actor but holy shit no the deal is all of the baldwins are stupid funny the baldwins are like the white weigh-in brothers <laughs> <laughs> like like there's like you know there's these fun stories you hear about hollywood from hollywood people like yeah. apparently uh what is it uh bobby de niro is what he's called in this group. And Meryl Streep are in a charades group together. What? <laughs> what? Yes, they're in a charades group together. For How decades. has video of that not been leaked? Because, <laughs> because like, that's super, they at least know it exists. But so there are also these stories in Hollywood of the people who have gone over to the Baldwin's house wearing diapers because they cannot make it through a dinner or a lunch <laughs> or whatever without fucking wetting themselves it's yeah all of the wow. yeah yeah so it's fun i'm currently watching the magicians which is both great and awful which is mm. sort of sort of where i like my tv to be it's wonderful mm -hmm. and then there's some stuff that's hard about it um i don't we don't have crossover at the moment mm. i haven't started the witcher i've heard that's good I don't know. Maybe we should pick a thing that the two of us should be going through so we can commiserate yeah. on it. Yeah. Maybe someone will tell us a show that yeah. we didn't list and then we'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. I think That's I've good. got some on the horizon. Did you see um, f uh, Altered Carbon? Yeah, season two is coming second out. Second season's coming out. Okay, that's probably going to be it. There we go. This is coming out really soon, and I'm super excited. Okay, I'll rewatch. I'll rewatch one. So okay. Yeah. Drop yeah. in deeper. Brilliant. Okay. Um, oh, the last thing that I forgot to mention yeah. earlier is um, the one of the other benefits of this process. And I, if you're if you're still listening now, <laughs> you probably <laughs> don't need any more motivation. And for those of you who didn't get enough motivation before, you're probably not listening. And it was an important thing <laughs> that I wanted to mention. Maybe we'll have this be the subject of one of our podcasts is sure. many people along with the feeling of guilt and shame, like that voice that says you should be doing something else. Many people who feel like I, I should be doing something else also find themselves watching too much 
movies and TV to the extent that people will often say, I feel like I have an addiction. I feel like I'm addicted to Netflix or um, whatever the thing is that you're watching, binge watching stuff, staying up super late at night like that Jerry Seinfeld thing about like, I sit there and I fight sleep to find more explosions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Addictive patterns of all kinds run the same cycle. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to. Addiction is one pattern. And there's a lot of new research that's come out in the last couple of years to really validate this idea um, this is somewhat cutting edge research and, and theories on addiction and addictive behavior. But one of the things that creates the addictive tendency, that the, the urge, the compulsion to go back to the thing that you keep going back to is the judgment itself. That when you're sitting there watching a TV show, but there's some percentage of you, either 1% or 99%, that is saying you shouldn't be here doing this, there's a part of you that's resisting what the movie is trying to get, what your unconscious is trying to get out of it. So when you're, when you're sitting there, it's, it's like the analogy is like you're eating food, but you're not digesting it well enough to actually get the nutrients out of it. So you eat, but you don't feel satisfied. So you go what back helps? and eat again. You have to actually taste it and chew it and actually fully drop in to the whole experience. This was kind of like the feelings where, where you're yes. supposed to feel them. Yes. So one of the side effects of this is that not only do you get to resolve your guilt and shame about it, and not only do you get to suck more value out of the movies and TV that you watch, but you will also feel like you're in control. Like you're not compulsively drawn back to it. Like it's actually easier to watch one episode and then be like, whoa, I got so much from that. I got to stop. I need to let that process or it's time for me to go to bed, but I don't feel like I need to watch three more episodes. Absolutely. My other idea for a tagline was turning your next binge watching session into your next breakthrough session. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. saying that out loud thought of it earlier okay <laughs> yeah. uh is there anything think, else do we want do we, yeah are we good i think so i'm curious to see who chimes in later and says hey we want you to talk about this yeah we'll collect it yeah i'm so excited about this adrian yeah. like this is going to be amazing i'm pretty i'm pretty jazzed hey yeah. we're doing it yes we're doing it we're doing it you i know, know that's it. we're here we are it's happening here we are i mean i think we just did it Oof! <laughs> gently, gently put the microphone back. Good we call did back. It. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, sending it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks I hope for... other people find us as charming as we find ourselves. <laughs> Is it possible? I would love to meet them. If you find us as charming as we find ourselves, uh, I'm crying. <laughs> I don't look forward to hearing more from you. Yeah. All right, folks, I think that's way longer than we were planning on talking. So let's get out of here. Perfect. We'll see you the next time this happens. All right. Fabulous. Bye-bye. Okay.